This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. We're down here at Bread and Butter Kitchen on the banks of Annapolis Harbor with Betty Buck. And Betty is the former owner of a wonderfully philanthropic organization, which bears her name and her father's name, Buck Distributing, which is a beer distributor. And you've been on this podcast. Actually, this is your third time. One time was with, uh, I think you were with Lining Kugel and the sponsor for the Bay Bridge Paddle. Right. And then another time when you were uh, running the show for the Denims and Diamonds, which I hope comes back again. Me too. I hope we're back next year. You know, that is such a great party. And you guys did such a wonderful job for that. And uh, it's, uh, I think the last time was actually, it was still Anne Arundel Medical Center. It wasn't under the yes. new... The Absolutely. new guys of Luminous or something. Right, but it was. Hopefully that will come back again this year. But um, we're not going to be talking about beer and we're not going to be talking about um, Denims and Diamonds. Uh, you actually sold your beer distributorship. Yes, I did. Um, for a much, I want to say nobler cause, but a uh, because you had to, I guess, is yes, what, I did. what you want to say. and. You know, you might want to sit here and say, well, yeah, oh, they must have run into money problems or anything like this. But you sold it because you had to establish a new foundation, and it's called the HM2 Buck for Hope Foundation. And that's in honor of your son, who was in the Navy and basically asked you to do this. Yes. A lot of people don't understand the HM2 was his rank. He was a Navy corpsman, and he loved being a Navy corpsman, which was unusual because this was the kid you had to lay across to get a shot, even at age 18. <laughs> so, and Danny was a troubled kid and drank too much. And basically, I said, you need to go in a service, you pick it. And he picked the Navy. So when he came to me and said, I'm going to be a Navy corpsman, I said, have you lost your mind? You faint at the side of blood. He said, but mom, this is other people's blood. Okay. He loved it. He absolutely loved it. When he had to go with the Marines or anyone else, the Navy SEALs, he loved being Doc. He knew more about medicine than I ever could have imagined my son would learn about medicine. And as, as his mother sits across from me with two crutches. We brought <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he loved it. It just, it made him thrive. He, I saw a whole different side to him. He loved doing what he did. And he was going to make a career out of it. That was his, going to be his life. And he did it for more than 11 years. And I didn't see him ever doing anything else. And unfortunately, um, his life took a drastic turn. And um, I didn't know it until one day he called me and I was in having a physical. And he said, Mom, I have to FaceTime you. And I said, Danny, can I call you right back? And he said... Um, you have to promise. I said, Danny, I will. And he said, no, it's D-Day. And I said, are you getting deployed? He said, FaceTime me. I said, Danny, 10 more minutes, I'll call you. And that FaceTime changed my whole world. It was a five-hour-long FaceTime. What, what happened? He went on to explain that almost a year ago, I had gone with a friend to take a cruise out of Japan because at the time he was stationed there and we were going to take the cruise, see him and his family and then go from Tokyo up to some of their islands and then to Alaska. I'd made an excuse to go on a cruise. I could see my son and his sure. family 
And about a week before the cruise, I get this call and he says, Mom, I can't explain why, but I'm uh, being shipped back to um, Camp Pendleton. And I said, Danny, are you okay? Are you in trouble? He goes, no, 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 but I'm not going to be here when you get here. Well, it was too late to cancel the cruise, so we went on, but he never told me what happened, just that he was going back to an original duty station. Okay, so that morning he said, now I can finally tell you. I said, well, first of all, what is D-Day? Are you being deployed? He said, no, it's death day. Danny, what are you talking about? He said, I've lost all of my dignity and humanity, and there's no way to ever get it back. I said, how can you not get your dignity and humanity back? What could have caused that? And he said, well, Mom, what caused it was I was raped by three fellow seamen on that boat in Japan, and the aggressors have as much rights as the person that is assaulted in the Navy. And my only options were I could stay on the boat where I was assaulted and it could happen again, or I could come back to my original duty station. And so I picked my original duty station. I said, well, Danny, what's happened since? Absolutely nothing. I'm not allowed to tell my friends. I can have one psychiatric visit off the base, but I can't talk to anybody. He said, that's why I haven't told you. I'm not allowed to tell people. And all I could think of was, and I have to say, the day that he called me was two days after Denim and Diamonds. So here we are here working towards mental health and everything that goes along with it. And this was the Monday after Denim and Diamonds. So everything that's going through my mind is, My son is telling me exactly what we were working to fix here in Annapolis. And he had no one to talk to. He had no psychiatrist. He had no friends. And it was like, how can this in today's day and age be that you're supposed to deal with being raped by three fellow seamen alone and you're just left and you're the victim? And so I thought, okay, I'm texting his sisters and getting them on the FaceTime because I can tell I'm not getting anywhere. So... I get down to Buck, and the three of us are on my youngest daughter, Erin, who's still at Buck, by the way, running it. Um, we get on her phone call, and I'm on my phone. I give it to my other daughter, Kelly, who then is texting some of his friends to get over there, to get the San Diego police over there, telling them what's going on. So we've got that phone on voice so we can hear them trying to bargain with Danny to open the door but we're still FaceTiming him and we've said your friends are here they're here you need to open the door and talk to them no no I'm in trouble and we're trying to explain to him you're not in trouble you're a doc docs take sick day finally after five hours we believed he was going to open the door and he said okay I'm going to hang up and I'll open the door The minute he said, hang up, I started screaming for them to kick the door in because I knew he wouldn't. And we heard the bullet on the phone that was live as he shot himself. And everybody hung up their phone, and I called the San Diego Police Department, and I said, I need to talk to the woman in charge that's on the scene. And nobody could believe I had to do this, but I had to. The whole five hours, Danny kept saying, 
he gave me all of his wishes, where he wanted to be buried. He wanted to be near his daughter. He said, Mom, I want to open casket. It's important to me. He said, I'm going to shoot myself in the heart. I'm a doctor. I know what to do. And he said, you are a force of nature. When you believe in something, you get it done. You have to stop this. They cannot continue to do this to us. People have to realize that we're human beings. We have needs. We need people in our corner. The rapes, the assaults. He said, I had two other young medics in my squad take their lives this month. It's going on everywhere. Suicide is so prevalent and nobody's stopping it. It has to stop, Mom. And you have to do it. He said, you know how to work with politics. You have to do something. And that's why I started this, because every time I walked into Buck after that, I heard that gunshot. And I've been seeing a psychiatrist, but every time I walked in that building, I heard that gun go off, and I couldn't keep doing it. I just couldn't. Oh, my word. So the Navy offered him no help other than go away. Well, when I went out there for his um, service that night, um, his commanding officer with another chaplain, they're very big on chaplains, um, came and um, there were several people there. And I said, if you all had have given Danny support and help, we might not be sitting here. He grabbed me and of course my children followed and he said, you can't do that. Nobody here knows what Danny went through, and you can't do that. You cannot tell everybody what happened. And I said, you are talking to the wrong woman. If you think (laughs) you're going to stifle me from telling them, you might have shut my son up, but you're not shutting me up. I said, so if you're letting me on Camp Pendleton tomorrow, understand anyone that asks me what happened to my son will hear the story, and they'll hear what Danny told me on those five hours. Not your abridged version, not what somebody else tells me, but what my son said. Yeah. I remember another conversation that we had at one point as far as, you know, you being a, a woman in the beer, in the, in the man's beer world. Uh, so I, I do agree with Danny in that, you know, you are a, you are a force. Um, wasn't taking anything. I, it's, it's inconceivable that they did not offer any help other than let's just remove the problem from the, the issue. I think part of it is because these young people are so victimized, they're afraid to talk to a lot of psychiatrists, especially if someone's on base, because the victims are made to feel like it's their fault. Whether it's Danny, whether it's this young woman that was down at Fort Hood, it doesn't matter where they are. Since I've been doing this, I have had so many people contact me. A young woman here in Maryland was married to an Air Force pilot. His commanding officer at a Christmas party actually raped her. And because this young flight pilot complained to his commanding officer that did this, he was transferred. And the... And he ruined was, his career. It ruined his career. He was supposed to get something else happened to him that he was being raised and sent to a better promotion. Well, of course, he didn't get that, and he got in trouble. 
because he said, what you did to my wife was wrong. And she's not even the person in the military. She's a spouse. So it doesn't get better. There was an article this year in the Baltimore Sun where they made the comment, and I I have it on my desk because I don't ever want to let this go, where they made the comment in 2020, thanks to COVID, every one of our school, military schools, rapes went down, except for the Navy base, but it only went up by nine. It only went up by nine. Are we supposed to be proud of that statistic? There's a low bar. Uh... We are trusting our best and brightest for these academies to come out and lead us if this country gets in trouble and we are not protecting them. We just had, thank you, dear Lord God, the Secretary of Defense come out and make a statement saying that all assaults in every military branch needs to go to the civilian courts. We have several, Amy Klobuchar is one of them, and there are several other female senators have been yelling about this since 2003 and 2004, trying to put bills through, and every time they get stopped when they get to the Armed Services Committee. They can't get them out on a vote. What's the problem getting it out of the Armed Services Committee? This is run by a bunch of old white guys? Two senators. Two white male senators. The same two stop it every time. Let me back up a little bit. How is Catherine and Sarah doing? That's Danny. That's Danny's they're, wife and daughter. Yes, they're, they're doing very well. Um, Catherine is an amazing woman. She's got her Ph.D. from Johns Hopkins, and she's an amazing mother. Um, they have been so traumatized by this whole thing, but they are. She's an amazing young woman who's building a wonderful life for her and Catherine, and Catherine is absolutely one of the most adorable little ones. Of course, I'm prejudiced. There's no, there's no bias there Yes, at all. there is, there's but everybody. I have other amazing grandchildren, but she, she's just adorable. She really is. I mean, this is prevalent across all branches. Yes. Uh, it's not just active duty, if you will, because no. it's happening at the academies. It's happening at Air Force and Navy and at West Point. What, what do you have to do to honor, honor that promise? I mean, you started this foundation, and it's all about awareness. Yes. Uh, coupled with pressure. Yes. Uh, it has to be education because you'd be amazed how many people in the public don't understand there's a problem. When you start talking to people in the public, so many of them look at you like you just hit them with two by four. They really don't understand. People right here in Annapolis, because the Capitol never covers it, the Capitol never says anything about what's going on over here at the Naval Academy. I mean, it, it, and then, I mean, look at the Baltimore Sun. They brag about only having nine more rapes. <laughs> it, it, you have to laugh. And it's, it's trying to get, if you can get the people in Washington, even the people here in the State House of Annapolis, to understand the true problem, there are so many bases right here in the state of Maryland. I mean, I grew up in the shadow of, they call it now, Joint Base Andrews. When I grew up, it was Andrews Air Force Base. I mean, the flight plan was right underneath my, under, above my house. 
So I understand. I grew up right here. Most of the kids that went to Douglas High School were either tobacco farmers or they were commanders. So I understand it. I've lived it all my life. There's so many bases right here in the state of Maryland. If we can get one state straight, maybe it'll catch on. I'm praying this Secretary of Defense right now, I believe he understands there's a problem. If you have him understanding it and you can get these people under him, the generals, to truly, they had laws on their books about actually keeping records, about keeping a census of how many rapes happens on the base. They've never done it. Ever since they were written, they've never done it. I mean, you, you hear all the time about the different, um, you hear it in police and you hear it in military with just spousal abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's rampant. And I mean, it, and, and I, I do get, not that it's an excuse, but I do get that the military has an entirely different level of stress as opposed to you as a business owner or whatever, anybody else. Not, not an excuse whatsoever. And I mean, that's been known for years. And I mean, this is almost an offshoot of that. I mean, it's, it goes hand in hand with that. And you would think that this is, you know, maybe we don't want to do anything about it, but we do have to recognize that the problem is there. You have to first admit with everything, whether it's alcohol, drugs, abuse, you have to admit there's a problem before you can start anywhere. Mm -hmm. And even before you admit the problem, you have to recognize there's a problem. And as long as people say, oh, it's, it's not really a big problem. Yes, it is. I mean, when you find young bodies down at Fort Hood cut up in a swamp, and then you find out that there is 30 other young people that have disappeared, and their um, box at the end of their, their trunk at the end of their bed is still there, and they haven't been uh, recognized as AOL or missing, it appears on the records and the rolls that they're still showing up for work. That's there's a problem. problem. And there's a problem. And something needs to be done about it. And every now and then you'll read a little blurb in a military thing saying, you know, this one's been arrested or that one's been arrested or commanding officers having his barracks, you know, ransacked or gone through. But it needs to be in the national news. I got there's a lot of news going on right now. And maybe as a military mom and what they call a gold star mother, which is a group I never wanted to join, this is more important to me right now. As it should be. And I think that's why Danny asked me this, because he knows I'm not going to let it go. So we waited for COVID to be over, and now we're planning our first event. And there's going to be a whole lot of more events because... We need to bring focus and notice to it. And I'm not going to stop until we get that notice and we get that focus. Well, let's talk about the event. It is October 24th at the Marriott, right? Yes. Oh, is that called Marriott? Autograph. Uh, now it's the Waterfront uh, autograph? Hotel. At the auto- by autograph or something? Yes. And um, that I picked that day because that would have been Danny's birthday. So, and... Being from Prince George's County, that's a bye week for the Redskins. So the Redskins aren't playing. The Washington and, football team, you mean? No, I mean the Redskins. <laughs> I told you I was born and raised in Prince George's County. They will always be the Redskins to me. Sorry. And um, the Ravens play at 1 o'clock. So we did 3 to 8. So the game should be almost over. And I'm sure we might find a TV in the room just for those diehard Ravens fans. You know, hopefully all of their games won't be that heartbreak 
where we were watching to the last second for Tucker to bring right. us out. Right, right. <laughs> but it's going to be a great event. Um, it's, again, just helping us to bring awareness. Um, since I did sell my business, I kept a lot of beer paraphernalia, um, sports paraphernalia, things that most of the general public can't get. Get, sure. So I have a lot of that, and a lot of my friends from the restaurant industry have given me things to auction off. And I just really want everybody to come in comfortable clothes. It's not a foo-foo gala. It's going to be a lot of great, good finger food. And I'm, uh, Buck Distributing has donated beer. So I want to make sure I thank them for that. Okay. Okay. So October 24th at the um, Waterfront Hotel, yeah. which is the former Marriott right down on Compromise Street. Right. Um, tickets are available at hm 2 buck for hope Yes. And that's spelled out F-O-R, not the number four, right. dot com. Right. And you are a nonprofit? Yes, we are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can contribute directly on the website, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Yes. But you can contribute by obviously attending. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, if you've got something to donate, you can, you can, I'm sure you can donate and be willing to take that. Now, this is sort of the launch of the foundation. The foundation is, is fairly new to you. Yes. We started actually in July of 2020, but of course with COVID, um, we have been doing it slowly. Uh, I actually bought a historic building downtown right at the corner of Duke of Gloucester and Conduit. Okay. And uh, we decided after we were in there for about um, almost a year that, um, although I love my ghosts, um, it was time to maybe do a little renovation. Um, the floors were squeaking a, a little bit much, and I thought I might be in the basement before I knew it. So <laughs> right now it is closed for renovations, and we will be back in in November. So Yeah, you think so? <laughs> no, no. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. So we'll probably throw another little get-together to show our new little offices. Um, they're not going to be huge and grand because um, the money is going back to doing what we want to do. So it's not going to be a plush, you know. We have one employee, and she's the one that keeps the books and keeps us straight. Right. Um, I don't take a salary. The money is strictly going to what ab- we're doing. The advocacy for what you're doing. Right. You're like the pit bull of mothers, um, and right, rightfully so with this. Uh, I, I'm still shaking my head in disbelief that there was no ramifications to the the three people that that raped your son what scares me the most is they had done this before and they were still on that boat ncis which we've all seen on tv is a real entity and uh my daughter kelly had talked to the investigator numerous times and they were still on the case of course with danny's death in his case they lost the evidence but what scares me is these three seamen I can't use too many words when I say that. Um, we're still together on that same boat. So as a mother, how many other victims have there been? Right. That's what upsets me the worst. And how many other victims will there be? Mm-hmm. You know, people deal with trauma in any number of different ways. I mean, you hear about the Boy Scouts, that the, you know, people that are 50, 60 years removed from a, you know sexual assault or sexual abuse in the Boy Scouts that are you know going through, and you know it's it's very easy to sit there and say, oh my gosh, you know it's been fifty years, get over it. But that's no. it's not some it's not something no. like that. It's, and, it's not. I mean, 
I've learned so much um, about suicide and about sexual abuse since this happened to Danny. And when he said to me, Mom, I have lost all my dignity and all my humanity, he couldn't have put it any better than he said it. And I have never lost the meaning of those words because that is genuinely and truly how he felt. He had lost everything, and there was no amount of therapy that was going to get that back for him. There just wasn't. And he just felt like there was no other way. And I've had other friends that have lost children to suicide, and some of them don't understand how I've learned to become this calm. And unfortunately, I've learned that whether it was that day or another day, I was going to lose Danny. Danny had made up his mind that he could no longer deal with the pain that he was in. There was no other way for him but that. So Danny's friends and the San Diego police might have stopped them that day, but there was going to be another day. And what I've learned is when people feel that desperate about suicide, it has nothing to do with you. You've had no shortcomings. You have not not done enough for your child, your spouse, your brother, your sister. It's them. They're in such pain at that moment. There is nothing you can do. I've had another friend that lost somebody just recently, and it just broke my heart. And if there's one message, it's that you can't take responsibility for their decision. You just can't. Yeah. And please get help. Please get help. You know, this, if there's any kind of a shining star in this whole thing is that they're People are starting to recognize, you know, vis-a-vis with what Anne Arnold Medical Center yes. has, has done that, that, you know, mental health is just as important as making sure the ticker, the knee or whatever it is, it's, it's going to work to make sure that you get help. And there are people that are able to do it. Yes, um, it's very important. Silly, but one of the things, if you think somebody is, you know, struggling with something, you may not know what they're struggling with. And, and certainly in the case of Danny, you, you wouldn't know. Uh, but if you suspect something, you know, are you, you know, you okay? You need what, to talk. What, what, what can we do? Um, because there's, there's a way to, there's, there's plenty of help out there. We mm-hmm. just have to figure a way to get it to the folks. To mm-hmm. be able. Absolutely. Betty, I think what you're doing is, is amazing. Um, I think uh, people get in there to support it. Go check it out. H2BuckForHope.com. That's the number two and the word for is the foundation and find out ways that you can help get this word out and put pressure. I mean, we got, we got two old white guys in the Senate that are. <laughs> one's a Democrat and one's a Republican. Are, it's, it's one on each side. Yeah. Um, you know, this legislation, this, these rules, these, whatever they're, they're going to do need to get off of the floor. They mm-hmm. need, they need to be implemented and it needs to come from the top down. It does mm-hmm. need to come from our government to sit there and say, this is, this is not tolerable. We've got people that are dying unnecessarily because of this. This is not physical war battle. No. This is not an IED. This is not gunfire. This is not a sniper. This is this is something wholly preventable. Mm-hmm. And had somebody, uh, pardon the language, but had the balls to do something about it, we'd probably be talking beer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. October 24th, if you're not doing anything, put that on your calendar. Or just show up. We'd love to see you at the door. We can crash? Yes. Awesome. (laughs) 
Betty Buck, thank you very much. Thank you. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.